1: Shop the biggest health and beauty brands in-store or online at the lowest prices every day at Chemist Warehouse.
0: Looking through red and black lenses, it's In The Red with Justin Marshall and Ricardo Ball on SENZ. Very good evening, Mark Watson in for Ricardo, Looking forward to having your company. Yes, right here, right now, it is In The Red. 7.30 tonight, we'll change it up, we'll talk Pacifica Flair, Peter Alatini in studio. Justin Marshall, good evening, welcome.
1: Good evening, Watto, and good evening to everyone joining us for In The Red. Uh, yeah. It only f- I'm interested to see how this half an hour is going to play out, mate, to be perfectly honest.
0: That's all right, Justin. I've got, I've got a little bit of stuff here for you. I'm not going to ambush you hijack you, but we are going to have a little bit of fun later in the program. Okay, let, let's talk about um, this Crusaders' Uh, this week up against the Brumbies. I'm trying to think back the last time the Crusaders went into any super rugby game as an underdog, but I am going to suggest they are the underdog. Uh, We talked over the weekend about how good the Brumbies were against the Chiefs, how confrontational they were, um, and how direct they were. If you're Scott Robertson, you've come off the back of a really good victory against the Western Force, you've got some confidence, you've made some changes, and you've put 70-odd points on the board – what is the mindset? What is the focus this week? What are the coaches going to be telling the players? How do they win this game, Justin?
1: From Scott Robertson, I'm excited, and and, and I know Razor well, and what I know that he thrives off is uh, big game situations like this. He he will literally, honestly, he will be bringing up previous Crusaders, Brumbies, uh, I, I guess history. Uh, he'll be showing clashes from the past. He'll be making the modern-day player recognise how much of a rivalry this is. But secondly, he will be making sure that the players are very well aware of how much pride is at stake. The fact that the Crusaders go in, and if they do, uh, and I I believe they go in 50-50, not as underdogs, but many many may oppose that thought, and I'm happy for them to do so. Um, But he will thrive on the fact of telling the players... They're, they're saying we're underdogs. And and when he looks in the eyes of of All Blacks, of the talent that he's got in that squad and tells them, they're calling us underdogs here in Canberra, given all that history, uh, how does that make you feel? I, I would expect a massive response out of the Crusaders in that regard. Uh,
0: okay, but I would imagine that that conversation's probably been had a, a, several times this season already. And yep. uncharacteristically, uncharacteristically, the Crusaders still often haven't risen to the occasion. Why should they rise to the occasion? Do they have the cattle?
1: Good point. <clears throat> yeah, good point. So, I, I, I caught up with Razor uh, prior to the, the pivotal couple of games they had in the season, which got disrupted, unfortunately. Uh, and, and that was they had the Chiefs and uh, the Blues and the Chiefs back to back. And uh, and they've been ticking along, okay, not not fluid like we have discussed uh, in, in our shows, but still winning. And and I said to uh, I said to him, uh, mate, this is where Crusaders thrive. I said you you will be basically seeing this as test week, test week, test week with these two big challenges in front of you. Now history shows, uh, given that conversation, and he agreed with me um, in terms of the motivation that was involved in that, and also the fact that the Blues hadn't been to Christchurch in a very, 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 very long time, and one uh, since Carlos Spencer's antics back in the day, there was there was a lot of history at stake, and and Crusaders pride themselves on that history. They they pride themselves in making sure they don't re- recreate history to a negative. Mate, they failed on both accounts. So in your question, yes, uh, I understand the trepidation, which is, yeah, I've been there before. Why is this different? Jeez, mm. uh, mate, it's, it's a hard question to answer. In my heart, I know how and why they will get it done, and that will simply because of those results, where they got themselves up. They should have got themselves up for two games, that they clearly got it wrong. And he must have sat back after those two results and thought, bloody hell, how, 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 how did we get that right? There's no way that we weren't up for it. And then he would have had, a, had to have an analytical look at why those two teams beat him. It, it,
0: Justin, I, I listened to the commentary um, for the first half anyway uh, for the Crusaders' um, Western Force game, and mm. they identified and noticed that the back line was set a lot deeper. Uh, for the Crusaders, allowing just to give them that little bit more time and that little bit more room with the flat defences the Australian team's put up, but also just maybe taking a little bit of sting out of the passes. So, um, Mm. yeah, just taking a little bit of a sting out of it. That's, you know, hopefully the adjustment for the backs and for them to operate the way we expect Crusaders' backs to operate. Again, what adjustments, though, in that forward pack again, because it is this Brumbies team who are starting to play more like a New Zealand side rather than the traditional Super Australian rugby sides.
1: Valid point, and a good point. You know, the, the thing that I noticed the most out of that Brumbies game against the Chiefs was their physicality, and, and they played very New Zealand forward pack orientated, which they haven't done in the past. Uh, you know, the, the the fact that physically they've been off the mark, particularly... What has it been for 21 years against the All Blacks? Uh, when the All Blacks needed to win the Bledisloe Cup, they've just outmuscled them. Uh, and I think probably Dave Rennie knew that when he when he went to Australia. And as you are very well aware, yesterday, uh, what we talked to Justin Harrison. Um, you know, we, t- we we talked to Matt Burke, and Matt Burke actually said, "I think his influence is starting to become." very very aware that that we we knew that we were off in terms of their physicality uh so that, that that therein lies um the fact that you can't bully them because that's what we were able to do in the past you know just bully them physically and they will fold well the brumbies bullied the chiefs they were tougher and in, in all areas they were tougher at the breakdown they're tougher in their carry and physically when they they really needed to front, you know, not all the time, but when they really needed to front, they they fronted up in defence and and actually made aggressive tackles. So basically, in a nutshell, it comes down to the forward picks. Um, You know, the Crusaders against the force were were very um, changed to, to what they normally are due to enforced changes, and they had to put Cullen Grace in the second row. And, and shift around their back row. Uh, Ethan Blackadder obviously came back into the mix, who I thought was very good. And Tom Christie was into the game really um, early because um, uh, Tuatali Haveli went off. So, uh, yeah. Um, I don't know, mate. Like, we, we, the, the Crusaders are l- low on lockings uh, hmm. at the moment. So, you know, you got Sam lock out there, Scott Barrett back. Yep. Massive, massive um, difference mm. to the fact that you get his experience and his all-black prowess and just his drive to play back. Uh, but, you know, um, I don't know. It, it's where it, I hate to say this because I'm a back, but it, it is where it'll be won or lost. Mm.
0: Justin, one thing that you have been really hard on and you're adamant um, having watched this Crusaders team, we've seen the Crusaders being broken down by sides who have just retained the ball, just come phase after phase after phase, forcing the Crusaders to tackle. You do not want to see this Crusaders team kick the ball away, do you? You want them to hold on to the pill?
1: I do. And and, and look, it's it's ironic, isn't it? And, and when you think about when I first was involved in the Crusaders, which was at the foundation, um, you know, we finished... <laughs> last in the comp the first year and then we sort of got a little bit better the second and then the third year we won it. But the, the year that we won it, we won it fun, fundamentally on defence and and basically it was teams like the Brumbies who had incredible attacking prowess, uh, the Blues, um, te- teams, even the South African sides that had really good attacking qualities in them, basically bored them into submission because their defence was so good and we worked hard at that and Wayne Smith was a big part of that. So it is It is the core of what the Crusaders are all about. So they're going to always defend and defend well. But the, the way that the laws have changed and the way that the game has been um, modernised to a degree, you, you still need to have your time with the ball. And, and I feel at the moment the Crusaders haven't got that balance right. Their defence is incredible. And it's, you know, when they're tackling it above 90% tackle efficiency, uh, you know, people might go, oh, God, why do we always hear, hear that stat? Well, I'll tell you why we, we we rely on that stat. Because way, way, way back in 1996 when I was in the Crusaders, um, we looked at that uh, tackle efficiency and it was, I don't know, I think it was 68% in that first year. It went up a little bit in the second year. When we won the title in 98, that tackle rate, and when Wayne Smith got heavily involved, it went up around that late 80s to 90% which means that the opposition all of a sudden get a little bit flustered because they can't break you and they can't break you down or line break you or finish off their, their opportunities and it frustrates them so that's all very that's all very well but that that that, that the modernise like i said the modern game now you need to have the ability also to use the ball after defending for long periods of time because the way that it is Now, in the breakdown the way it is, you don't see the Richard McCaws and the open sides turning over the ball as much. just doesn't happen anymore, mate. Like, you'll get the odd open side that gets, let's say, five turnovers in a game and he's had an amazing game. Like, you think about the Cronfields and the McCaws and those guys that were genuine open sides back in the day. They were getting 10, 12, 13 turnovers in a game. Just doesn't happen anymore. So you cannot afford to play without the ball for too long. And at the moment, in my mind, that's where the Crusaders' balance in their game plan is slightly amiss.
0: One area I think New Zealand sides have struggled with at all-black level um, and at super rugby level has been the box kick from the best exponents in the world, to Kirk for uh, Kirk for South Africa, Conor McGregor for mm-hmm. Ireland. Nick White, you talked about this yesterday. Nick White, you, talked, you mentioned yesterday just how good and how accurate he is with his height and his depth of that box kick. Um, yep. that's clearly going to be a weapon they're going to use. George Bridge, I felt, struggled a little bit last year under the high ball. How do they how do the Crusaders deal with this on Friday night? Do do they have the skill set to deal with it?
1: They've got the skill set, but they are very good at the Brumbies. It's very part of the very much part of their DNA. And basically I'm scratching my head to think how many times. uh kicked the ball in that game it was all basically coming from nine and uh nick white you know with all his experience um but clearly you know they, they know the depth and the range of his kick and he executed it so well you know to the point that when you when you interview a captain after the game which which we did at sky with sam kane and um like he's not really probably going to talk about kicking. He's probably going to talk about the areas of the game that kind of went, oh, the line-out wasn't great and the scrum was a bit wobbly and we didn't physically front up the breakdowns or whatever. He specifically mentioned the kicking game of the Brumbies. He said they really started to pin us. The kicks were accurate. Um, they, they got us under pressure. They, they turned us over. He was bang on. It's exactly what happened. And that was due to the accuracy of Nick White's kicking game. So it's very part a, a, a part of the DNA of the Brumbies that they will kick and they will kick accurately. And the problem with it is what, I, is what, what they're not doing is they're not really kicking. He's he's not actually kicking that many contestables. So we, if people out there are thinking, well, what do you mean by that? You know, kicking it sort of around that 20 metres away from where the ruck is and then there's a contest in the air and it's a 50-50 and you could get it back or you might not. but then there's a, then both teams are kind of compromised where you readjust and etc. He's kicking at 35 metres, and the wingers are running full full tilt to, or the wingers and the chasing players are running, and the player really doesn't have to go up. Maybe he will because he feels like there's a player around him. It might be his own player, but the minute that he comes to the ground, there are two Brumbies players right there, knocking him on his ass, and then they're in over the ball and counter-rucking and that's that's something that they are really, really good at. And uh, it doesn't matter. So my point in your question is, it doesn't matter about you being really good in the air because Jordan's good in the air. I hear what you're saying about bridge, but he is good in the air. Sevi Reese to a degree, is as good in the air, but he obviously hasn't got that um, sort of height factor, but he can still leap. And so is flying Anuku But that's not what you... It's their post-contact. When they get catch the kick and get their feet on the ground... What they do from there and how quickly the arriving players get around them is how they can then adjust to the kicking game. If they don't get that part of the game right, it won't matter because that's the Brumbies and the way that they play.
0: It is 14 and a half minutes after seven. You're listening to SENZ. Feel free to text your thoughts on double eight double three. Justin Marshall is my co-host. We are putting the spotlight and focus on the Crusaders. We segment here on SENZ every Monday night between 7 and 7.30 called In The Red. Yes, we are indeed, and around about seven thirty tonight we'll change it up and we'll talk uh, Moana Pacifica with Pacifica Flair alongside of me. We'll have Peter Alatini in studio. Justin, I did say that I was going to have a little bit of fun with you tonight, and um, you've already touched mm-hmm. on you've already touched on what we'd organised. So I'm going to throw this over to Ben. Just have a wee listen to this, then we're going to have a wee chat about it off the back of it.
1: Spencer, goodness, he's not going to pass it as he? he does to Rockathoko. Joe Rockathoko up the middle.
0: He's got Harold with him. Oh, he didn't. Pass support car spencer oh this is amazing carlos spencer twists the knife in the in goal area Justin, I was going to say it's a beautiful thing, but I, I'm a Crusader for the next 10 minutes still. So um, <laughs> <laughs> just just at the time, how much did Carlos rile you for that? I know he wound the Crusaders fans up by, you know, putting it in the corner too and then kicking from the sideline. And mm. is there room for that sort of um, stuff in today's game? I, I mean, personally, as a fan, I, I, I like that. I, I like that sort of tribalism.
1: Oh, I love it. Oh, absolutely. Like, honestly, well, I... Carlos and I were roommates, and we played for the All Blacks uh, together. But uh, on the on the field, when we were playing Crusaders Blues, we were always in each other's faces. There's countless images and footage of us pushing, shoving, fighting each other, um, verbally abusing each other because we were competitors. But I loved the fact that he was that competitive and he was that driven. And and you know, competitors obviously find competitors on the rugby field. So. You know the fact that uh, you know he 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 played that way, and it was his arrogance about the way that he played. You know, people go, people didn't like Carlos because they felt that he was an arrogant rugby player, and um, you know that he, he didn't portray the game right. What a load of crap! You know, he 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 was he was the very essence of the game. That's why you play to 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 be that that that, that uh, outgoing personality that um, wants to go down to lancaster park or jade stadium wherever it might be and rub it in the noses of the the local supporters and you know the any, any way that you could i'd love to do that when i went to eden park wherever wherever i went to play um you know i'm not really that well liked at uh, what's now fmb fmg stadium or wherever it might be but but my my biggest enjoyment that i got uh was leaving christchurch and winning away from home and uh you know, like the guys like that you need in the game. Um, like that, that that particular moment, Um, that was a cracking game. It was a really good game. And I know that I'm forever in the footage and, and etched in the footage of, of, of running my way down the whole field, not making a tackle. <laughs> no, <laughs> but, I, I think the word
0: was jogging, Justin. And I think you were pointing yeah, to Andrew yeah. Mertens to maybe tackle Justin Collins.
1: I know, I know. Um, but what people don't actually realise, I was actually quite stuffed, to be perfect. I, I, I was going
0: was. Was to say that you're out on your feet, mate. You look like it anyway. Yeah.
1: I was, I was out on my feet, and it was was in the, I think it was the 78th minute or whatever it might be, and we were chasing the game, so we'd been hammering away on attack, and we actually, I think we turned it over, uh, basically nearly in there, in goal area, and then Carlos, the way that he is, just decided to attack, and I... You know, usually I'm getting across and trying to cover tackle, but I was absolutely rooted to be perfectly honest. <laughs> like, well, well it's a hard... I'm running down the field pointing at others to try and make tackles or the god knows what else.
0: Well, I, I think anybody would struggle keeping up with Rock Othoko, Dougie Howlett.
1: Mm. Yeah, well, in my defence, I guess when Justin Collins got the ball, I should have made a dive tackle there. Yeah, some
0: we, say, but. We, we were all collectively saying that before we came on air, actually, Justin. But that's okay, mate. <laughs> uh, no, but look, I just think it's great, isn't it? We need that tribalism yeah. back. You know, we need that little angst. You know, I want people saying, yeah. "God, I hope those you know bloody Aucklanders come down here and we messed them up mm-hmm. tonight." And you know, I used to love it when the Crusaders would come up. And yeah, yeah. I, I, I just I like to see personality. It's it's. Yeah, um, and I think Carlos was just, as I agree, I think Carlos was a wonderful ambassador for the game. Was it Andrew Mertens who did the fingers in South Africa?
1: Yeah, I was with Mertz that day. Yeah, yeah that and, and was and brilliant too, just, mate. That was excellent. Yeah, and what people don't realise, you know, like uh, yeah, Carlos got, he got. like I'm going to say this, mate, quite openly, he got shit when he was in Christchurch. And 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 because of the way he was and the way he strutted around. And and so when he got the opportunity, he wasn't just giving it to the Crusaders players, he's giving it to the crowd because he copped, a lot and i'm not saying abuse but he just copped a lot Mm. you know that every time he missed a kick or did something wrong people would cheer and boo and jeer and do whatever they did and that's what happened to mertz in south africa he had the opportunity before he dropped that goal um you know obviously i was there i was on the field with him to kick to kick a conversion um to level the scores and from the sideline and being the immaculate kicker that mertz is but people behind him were giving him absolute you know the, the the mouthful and they were cheering, and it's very close at Pretoria. There, we we are so close to the sideline and the crowd, and they were just giving it to them, him and Afrikaans and English and whatever it might be. And he missed the kick, and then so obviously we only had, I think it was three minutes to try and win the game, and and they just gave it to him. But then obviously the way the game played, the game played out, and we managed to get in the position, and he dropped that goal. He wasn't. <laughs> he was just basically saying to them, "You know what? You gave it to me. I'm giving it back." Thank you very much. We've won. And, and you can imagine that because that, that's just a relief of pressure. That's not a disrespect. That's just a relief of pressure that he had felt that maybe he'd lost the game and that made it not easy for him. And, and they'd laughed and, and thought it was funny and said, you've lost the game, whatever. But then he could turn around, you know, less, less than two minutes later and go, you know what? I've actually just won it. Thanks very much. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's funny they, yeah. because they become iconic moments and we and then we yeah. end up, um, they're becoming very endearing moments as well. We almost romanticise them, don't we? No different than sort of Maradona's hand of God. Hey, look, just someone just someone wanting to know, Justin, just before we do wrap things up in about two and a half, three minutes' time, uh, the midfield yeah. for the Crusaders this week, do, does Jack Goodyear start at centre with maybe David <sighs> Lee at second five was it, or is it... Jack Goody's second five, Braden Enor at centre. Who, look? I'm assuming Harvili's available. Who, who's your midfield for this week's game? Oh,
1: God, you know, I was hoping someone wasn't going to text in with that and um, I thought I would get away with it. It's a it's a conundrum, isn't it? And, and, you know, it's that absolute abundance of talent that they have across the back line. It's a really difficult decision to make. In my mind, it's Enor and Havili. Now, people will go, how the hell can you leave Jack Goodhue out? I just don't think he's quite there yet. He, he will get there. Um, but, you know, when you talk about a guy that's been through what he's been through and, and a game like this, you know, Havili and um, Enor have been out there doing it. And, and they, they are fully fit, fully functional, uninjured. And they are not making their way back after a, a, a catastrophic injury, you know, a one that's a career-threatening one. Uh, so, and I know you know you might be rolling your eyes. Why I can't see you this evening because my my laptop's no, in no, the No, batteries. no, no, no. But anyway, because I, 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 I know you're a massive Jack Good. Well, Mag, I'm, a, I'm and, a Mag's boy, Jackson, mate. So it's in the
0: blood, mate. Yeah, but no, but yeah, look, in saying that, in saying that, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm realistic as well.
1: Mm. Yeah, exactly, and and I just think. I think Jack Goodhue will be on... If, if is doing things right, and, and in my mind, this is the way that I would I would see it, I would have Havili and um, Enor, firing uh, onoku uh, and Seve Reese and then Jordan at the back and Moanga pulling the strings, uh, and, and Bryn Hall. And, and that would be my back line. And I would I would have J- Jack Goodhue coming off the bench. Um, just simply not due to the fact that he doesn't deserve to be out there and couldn't be out there, more that he is making his way uh, back into the game and I think they'll be better better equipped with that type of back line with him coming off the bench adding his special skill set yeah. at that stage of the game.
0: And particularly too based on what we've already said this is a game and I know every game is one up front but I, th- you've got a feeling this game is really yeah. going to come down to how well that Crusaders pack performs up against a very good informed Brumbies team.
1: Oh absolutely and and, and you know what and they need to get tough and how tough has <laughs> Pablo Matera been in the mm. last two to three weeks like how I was questioning his his selection, to be perfectly honest. But, you know, I think they need to start that big back row as well. I think they need to start Blackadder, Grace at number eight, if they can, without injuries, and Pablo Matera to really outmuscle the Brumby. So I'd love to see that back row get selected.
0: Justin Marshall, been a privilege and a pleasure as always. You enjoy the rest of your evening. Thank you.
1: I oh, will, Wado. Thanks very much. And I uh, hope you uh, look forward to the Minor Pacifica breakdown with Peter Alatini. He's always got I, plenty I, of good I Tell brother, you what, he's,
0: he's a good looking man. He's, he's not a big fan of yours. But anyway, we'll talk about that between 7.30 and 8. Now, he quietly lies. I can't see him, but I think he's wearing a cap. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not, actually. He's got a King sticker oh King's sticker on King's College, mate. King's <laughs> College. <laughs> anyway, I'm wearing the hat. I'm the hat guy. Anyway, thanks, Justin. 28 and a half minutes after 7, you're listening to SENZ. You can text us here on 8833.